Hi, and welcome to Fido, an audio adventure into fiction, folklore, and fairy tales. I'm John, your host, and thanks for dropping in. And now, as published in The Strand by Arthur Conan Doyle in 1891, A Scandal in Bohemia. Chapter 3 I slept at Baker Street that night, and we were engaged upon our toast and coffee in the morning when the King of Bohemia rushed into the room. "'You really have got it?' he cried, grasping Sherlock Holmes by either shoulder and looking eagerly into his face. "'Not yet. But you have hopes. I have hopes. Then come. I am all impatience to be gone. We must have a cab. No, my brougham is waiting.' Then that will simplify matters. We descended and started off once more for Bryony Lodge. Irene Adler is married, remarked Holmes. Married? When? Yesterday. But to whom? To an English lawyer named Norton. But she could not love him. I am in hopes that she does. And why in hopes— "'because it would spare your majesty all fear of future annoyance. "'If the lady loves her husband, she does not love your majesty. "'If she does not love your majesty, there is no reason why she should interfere with your majesty's plan. "'It is true, and yet—well, I wish she had been of my own station. "'What a queen she would have made!' He relapsed into a moody silence which was not broken until we drew up in Serpentine Avenue. The door of Bryony Lodge was open, and an elderly woman stood upon the steps. She watched us with a sardonic eye as we stepped from the brougham. "'Mr. Sherlock Holmes, I believe,' said she. "'I am Mr. Holmes,' answered my companion, looking at her with a questioning and rather startled gaze. "'Indeed, my mistress told me that you were likely to call. She left this morning with her husband by the 5.15 train from Charing Cross for the Continent.' "'What?' Sherlock Holmes staggered back, white with chagrin and surprise. "'Do you mean that she has left England?' "'Never to return.' "'And the papers,' asked the king hoarsely, "'all is lost.' "'We shall see.' He pushed past the servant and rushed into the drawing-room, followed by the king and myself. The furniture was scattered about in every direction, with dismantled shelves and open drawers, as if the lady had hurriedly ransacked them before her flight.' Holmes rushed at the bell-pole, tore back a small sliding shutter, and, plunging in his hand, pulled out a photograph and a letter. The photograph was of Irene Adler herself in evening dress. The letter was superscribed to Sherlock Holmes, Esquire, to be left till called for. My friend tore it open, and we all three read it together. It was dated at midnight of the preceding night, and ran in this way. "'My dear Mr. Sherlock Holmes,' You really did it very well. You took me in completely. Until after the alarm of fire, I had not a suspicion. But then, when I found how I had betrayed myself, I began to think. I had been warned against you months ago. I had been told that, if the king employed an agent, it would certainly be you. And your address had been given me. Yet, with all this, you made me reveal what you wanted to know." Even after I became suspicious, I found it hard to think evil of such a dear, kind old clergyman. But, you know, I have been trained as an actress myself. 
Male costume is nothing new to me. I often take advantage of the freedom which it gives. I sent John, the coachman, to watch you, ran upstairs, got into my walking clothes, as I call them, and came down just as you departed. Well, I followed you to your door, and so made sure that I was really an object of interest to the celebrated Mr. Sherlock Holmes. Then I rather imprudently wished you good night and started for the temple to see my husband. We both thought the best resource was flight, when pursued by so formidable an antagonist. So you will find the nest empty when you call tomorrow. As to the photograph, your client may rest in peace. I love and am loved by a better man than he. The king may do what he will without hindrance from one whom he has cruelly wronged. I keep it only to safeguard myself and to preserve a weapon which will always secure me from any steps which he might take in the future. I leave a photograph which he might care to possess, and I remain, dear Mr. Sherlock Holmes, very truly yours, Irene Norton, nay Adler. "'What a woman! Oh, what a woman!' cried the King of Bohemia, when we had all three read this epistle. "'Did I not tell you how quick and resolute she was? Would she not have made an admirable queen? Is it not a pity that she was not on my level?' "'From what I have seen of the lady, she seems indeed to be on a very different level to your majesty,' said Holmes coldly. I am sorry that I have not been able to bring your majesty's business to a more successful conclusion. On the contrary, my dear sir, cried the king, nothing could be more successful. I know that her word is inviolate. The photograph is now as safe as if it were in the fire. I am glad to hear your majesty say so. I am immensely indebted to you. Pray tell me in what way I can reward you. This ring— he slipped an emerald snake ring from his finger and held it out upon the palm of his hand. "'Your Majesty has something which I should value even more highly,' said Holmes. "'You have but to name it.' "'This photograph.' The king stared at him in amazement. "'Irene's photograph?' he cried. "'Certainly, if you wish it.' "'I thank Your Majesty. Then there is no more to be done in the matter. I have the honour to wish you a very good morning.' He bowed, and, turning away without observing the hand which the king had stretched out to him, he set off in my company for his chambers. And that was how a great scandal threatened to affect the kingdom of Bohemia, and how the best plans of Mr. Sherlock Holmes were beaten by a woman's wit. He used to make merry over the cleverness of women, but I have not heard him do it of late. And when he speaks of Irene Adler, or when he refers to her photograph— it is always under the honorable title of The Woman. So there you have it. If you can believe it, I was not born a native German. I hope you enjoyed this one. It was fun for me to get a foot in the door of Sherlock Holmes literature and to do a little bit of reading up on the character and the author. Arthur Conan Doyle was an interesting man— he wasn't just the writer of one of the most famous characters in history, he was also a medical doctor. You might recall that he partially based Holmes on a surgeon and former teacher, Joseph Bell. But also, a quick read-up on Doyle revealed that he was fascinated by the paranormal and called himself a spiritualist. 
In addition, he was friends, at least for a time, with Harry Houdini, whom you may know was decidedly opposed to the spiritualism movement. The two had a falling out over it, in fact. Doyle's pursuit of spiritualism took him down a lot of strange and interesting paths, and I recommend reading a little about it. The creator of the most advanced reasoner in fiction seems to have been taken in a time or two by some trickery. After reading a bit, I would say that Doyle, like one Fox Mulder of X-Files fame, simply wanted to believe. Doyle was a man of many interests, and though Sherlock Holmes made him famous and well-paid, he didn't have a great deal of love for the detective. He was interested in being known for his historical fiction, but it seems that his fans wouldn't hear of it. They wanted more Sherlock, and eventually, he delivered. In all, 58 short stories and four novels. Holmes is definitely fascinating. Now, I haven't read every Sherlock story, but I feel like I know the character pretty well, just like most of us do. The impression I get of him is that he's not even particularly concerned with the criminality of his cases. He simply needs to find the truth, to see if his deductive skill will win out over mysterious circumstances. And we saw in this story that he's not above breaking the law to solve the case. Something to note as well, since it was mentioned in the story, is that cocaine wasn't banned until the 1920s, well after Sherlock made his debut. I looked into it just a little bit, and it turns out that it was even considered a bit of an intellectual's drug at the time. Sigmund Freud was an avid user, and even a prescriber of cocaine. So, while our hero wasn't doing anything many of the fashionable English folk weren't doing at the time, it wasn't long before the side effects and addictive nature of cocaine earned it a far less glamorous reputation. This has been a public service announcement brought to you by Fado. Maybe I should offer a Fadon't-Do-Drugs t-shirt. Okay, now before we wrap up, let's talk a bit about the fact that we're about to head into the Halloween season. Last year, I released a considerable number of episodes during October. Now, this time, it'll just be a regular five-episode month, but this year for Halloween, I'll be doing a special live stream. On October 28th, the Thursday before Halloween, Fado Live presents The Legend of Sleepy Hollow. I'll be reading Washington Irving's terrifying tale of Ichabod Crane and the Headless Horseman in its entirety for your enjoyment. We'll go live about 8 p.m., and I hope to catch you there. More details to come here as well as on my social media accounts, so stay tuned. It's going to be a great night. Now, if you're enjoying Fido, then you should definitely subscribe on your podcast platform of choice so you don't miss an episode. You can also go to FidoPodcast.com and listen on any device. Make sure and share Fido with your friends and family if you like what you're hearing. Word of mouth is my best advertisement. Don't forget to leave me a comment or a question, and I might be able to read them on the air. I love hearing from my listeners. Don't miss the store as well. T-shirts, sweatshirts, stickers, and even a Fado pint glass can all be yours. Look for the link on my website. You also don't want to miss out on the exclusive Fedork fan t-shirt. You'll have to message me in order to get one because they're not on any website. So if you're a true Fedork, let me know. You can follow me on Facebook and Instagram at Fado Podcast. And if you would like to support the show more directly, you can become a patron. 
I'm on Patreon at patreon.com slash Fado podcast. There is behind the scenes content, early access to upcoming episodes, merchandise discounts, and if you join, you'll get a personal handwritten thank you from me in the mail, as well as a Fado sticker. Also, you'll get a mention here on the show. That brings us to the end of episode 77. Watch for the next episode of Fado coming soon. Thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you once upon a next time. Fado is a member of the Pizza Rice Podcasting Collaborative. Check us out at pizzaricepodcast.com.